Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Hey everybody, Todd Duncan. Welcome to the Where Success Happens podcast. Uh, We, every time we do one of these, have one goal in mind, and that is to equip you with ideas that can help you master your business and your life. And I say that slowly because I want you to know, master your business and your life. The two are not separable as an idea. We have this beautiful opportunity today. We get to talk with a, a, a woman that I've gotten to know over the last three years or so. And I'm so impressed with her business skills, her social media skills. Uh, I'm very impressed that she is at the top of her game in her organization. And uh, we'll talk more about what does that really mean going forward. But I want to tell you just before we get into this, that I think Christina Smallwood is going to share some nuggets with you that are going to transform the way you approach business and life. And uh, it's really great to have you with us, Christina. Thank you for joining today on the Where Success Happens podcast. I am so excited to be here. And honestly, I'm ready to like dive into it because (laughs) I do got the nuggets and I am ready to share about them. Time is of the essence. Yeah. (laughs) Here, here's the first thing, everybody. I want you to know that Christina is a home-based business entrepreneur that runs one of the biggest businesses in the world for one of the biggest direct selling companies in the world, Monate. And she is she's not just in the top 1%. She's number seven out of the top 10 in an organization that has 500,000 home-based businesses. You're so on top of the game, and it's so exciting to be able to speak truth to people that you can really do anything you put your mind to. I know you have three kids. I know that uh, you you have a, a special needs child. Uh, I know that that life you know continues to throw you like me curveballs and things like that. But your spirit is so positive. Your the way you radiate joy and excitement with your your, your social media following and uh, the 100,000 plus, 140,000 plus people that rely on you for uh, what's Christina up to next, your your discipline around socials off the grid. So I think we should start with this question. What's your story in five minutes or less? So my story, oh my gosh, five minutes or less. Okay. I was someone that you would say had, I always had a lot of energy in my life. I've always been like, that's nothing new to hear to me. And when I found the Enneagrams, I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I am a total seven when it comes to that. But I never was able to harness myself and I never really had a lot of self-respect and um, maturity in to think that I could have a successful business. I just really didn't. I went to beauty school um, and I remember being a little ashamed of that. I remember my dad having a conversation with me and he, as he was getting his second PhD and my brother was going to dental school at UCLA and I'm like over here, like I'm going to beauty school. And I remember him telling me the key to life is finding what you're passionate about and then figuring out a way to get paid for it. And at the time I was like, well, I like ditching school to go to do hair. So yeah, let's get paid to do that. And um, I, I think that that has just kind of been like always in the back of my head and figuring out myself, like, what is it that I truly love? And 
I've always loved people. I've always loved being social. I was never a master of routine in my life. Um, I was like the quintessential, you know, Southern California hairstylist. Um, and I just found passions within that niche. And it led me on a trajectory where I was going to do that until I died. I was going to be behind the chair and work until my back broke and my fingers had arthritis. And um, becoming a special needs mom and an adoptive mom, my husband and I went through infertility, um, becoming and going through all those hardships. I lost my dad tragically right around the same time we got diagnosed with infertility. To, to say it was a rough season is an understatement. Um, my dad was my whole life, um, total daddy's girl. And um, going through that, I say give me gave me like perspective goggles to see that life is truly what you make of it. And getting through those storms and coaching my daughter every single day who has, it's called cerebral palsy, meaning she does not walk independently. Um, and they told us she might not ever walk or talk at birth. So that was fun. But over the years, just getting up with her every single day, doing stretches, helping her take steps, and then eventually getting to see her take independent steps. I think it was just a matter of time before I was telling her, if you dream it, you can achieve it. And, you know, we show up every day and we're going to hit the goal. Like it was only a matter of time before that sunk in for myself. Like, oh my gosh, if I dream that I can achieve it, I want more for my life. God gave me given talents and I'm not using any of them. And so that just happened to all fall into alignment. And I really do believe in God's plan for people and presenting you with opportunities that don't, that maybe look like tragedies. Um, but going through all that really is kind of what brought me here. And of course, my husband, who has been a complete amazing sounding board and partner to push me out, because when I graduated beauty school, I said, I'm going to go get a minimum wage paying job at this you know, hair salon and just sit there. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> so overrated. So overrated. And it's funny today, not funny per se, but it's funny to see how many people that uh, were behind the chair, if you will. Um, that whole industry has changed, you know, yeah. uh, with COVID and all of that. And, uh, you know, I know people that have been hairstylists, you know, for 30 years that no longer work in, in, in a salon, never will work in a salon again. And they're out doing things face to face with their clients and so on and so forth. Your story really, I, I could see the emotion coming through as you told that story. And I think that one of the things I'd like to get your perspective on is life life interrupts and we can have the best laid plans and we can have, you know, an idea of where we want to go and, and yet still face adversity and challenge. And when you use the word passion uh, and then you said the key to life is to do what you're passionate about and then get paid to do it. I want everybody watching today or listening today to ask yourself on a scale of one to 10, 10 being, I am super passionate about what I do every day for a living. Where are you? Where is your happy you know, number? What would need to happen if you're not a 10 in your business that you could be a 10, you could start loving the job and the job could be something that works for you instead of you working for it? That's a really important question. And then the question is when adversity hits, if you believe it, you can achieve it. If you dream it, you can become it. There's powerful, powerful wisdom in just simply understanding the simple word belief. 
And I think that you brought you you brought that up. You just said, Christina, believe, believe. And you know, my youngest son is uh, it, it has been really, really challenged. You know, we we lost my wife and and his mom for uh, you know half of their life already. He was eleven years old when her mom when his mom passed away, and he's had a really hard time with um, his his identity. You know, who he is as a person, and. Uh, hasn't had a lot of strong self-belief, uh, even though I've tried to teach that to him. And about four months ago, I was telling him, you know, because he's trying to do art and selling it online and his art is beautiful. And I said, you know, this is happening, don't you? And he, his reply was, I hope it's happening, but I don't know it's happening because it hasn't happened yet. To which I said, you believe it is going to happen. And he said, I want it to happen. I don't know that I believe it can happen until it happens. And, you know, you got to keep after it until something happens that anchors that belief. And now you go to a new level and it's rare that you'll ever go back to the next level. When did you do that? When did you go through? Ah, I I believe. I mean, I, I believe I can do this. What was the what was that? I don't know that epiphany or that turning point or that aha moment where maybe it was your husband telling you, you're not going to do that. Or maybe what was it in your mind that all of a sudden allowed you to see the gears and floor it? I think I've had several of those moments that have brought me here. The first one was that I was very comfortable in my assisting position. I knew it was a set income that I was making from the salon that I, and she was the salon owner. So I wasn't just getting hairstylist experience. I was getting the owner's experience. And so I loved it and I was very comfortable there. And um, I started trying to, interview people to replace myself because I, I cared about my position so much that I wanted to take care of her even on my way out. I was an amazing assistant, but my husband knew, I mean, I was 25 at the time. And he said, you need to grow. You like people love you. People love you. You're good at what you do. You've been assistant a long time. You need to branch out. And so that first time I actually, she ended up firing me publicly in front of everyone in the salon. But it was a gnarly moment for me. Um, and I just thought when I drove home um, and I was like, what am I going to do? And I said, this is this is going to be one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I, I joke that I would probably still be an assistant for her if she never did. And so I think getting shoved out of the nest, if you will, was one of those first times. But I and then my husband um, after Finley came, that was and she's our, our oldest with special needs. Uh, I think that was the second time when I was like, I'm not just going to sit here and wallow every single day and go through the groundhog day of life. I have mm. my talents and I'm going to start and do what I can where I can. And um, I remember feeling very empowered when I went on my Facebook and I said, okay, I'm taking clients. It's going to be out of my house. My baby's going to be here, but who wants to come? And I was able to refill my clientele back up to 250 people with wow. a three or four months and I was back in business and I got to have my baby there. So that was the first time I really felt like empowered and, but also limited with what I could do. Isn't it interesting though, that, um, you know, one of the things we talk about is control what you can control and don't try to control what you can't control. It's like one of the, the biggest ideas in life because most of our pain comes from trying to control things that we really can't control. You know, God's controlling it. You know, the, the, the supernatural universe in which he created is controlling it. You know, it, there's ancient scripture that says, you know, man or woman 
plans their way, but God directs his or her steps. And life is full of the challenges. And so the belief thing gets you going. And then when you hit roadblocks, it's what is your recovery process and what is your recovery time? And I think a lot of people, um, in fact, I know that most people are not enjoying the level of success they could because they don't have this beautiful relationship with setback. They don't understand adversity. What are some? What are two or three of the biggest failures you've ever had in being a business owner? And what can you say to others that want to take a step to scaling and being bigger? Um, that by listening to you, they could avoid making some of those same mistakes. Okay. So I, I I'm sure you guys have talked about, or maybe you maybe you've heard about disciplining your disappointments. I, I'll never forget a friend, you know, mentioning this. And I, I mean, being an Enneagram seven, I do have a natural incline in me to gravitate towards what I can do and move on from negative and on to positive. Um, so for me, what I would advise you guys is allow yourself time to grieve. And like, it's not a business related thing. But for me, when I think about one of the biggest failures or biggest setbacks I've ever had, I mean, I was literally just had buried my dad and then got the news that I was infertile. And I was someone that could do kind of, I was teaching myself, I could do whatever I set my mind to. So now getting told that I can't have a baby, um, when I set my mind to that for months and months and months and, you know, over 18 months, um, that was really hard. And this was the first time I had something happen, you know, to my, I mean, of course, losing my dad, that was out of my control. Mm -hmm. But in the infertility, I realized I'm, I'm going to allow myself 24 hours to have the world's greatest pity party for myself. And I wallowed and all the things and my husband and I grieved together. And um, the next day I woke up and just what can we do? And we both just felt led to adoption. And so I think that's just it. It's allowing yourself time to process that. And anytime I have a loss and I got them, I have them every day. I do not, I do not, I have losses every single day. I have hurdles every single day, especially when you're in the people business um, and hardship. So I always allow myself to take a moment I don't ever bring it outside that moment though. And I don't let it carry into the rest of my day. And so I've learned to compartmentalize. And I think if you can kind of visualize these emotions as, as um, like a square or a space, that's how I do it. I will visualize it like it's a thing and I will put it in the box that it goes in instead of saying, Oh, that's hovering over me. This whole day is going to be bad. I just put it where it goes. And so I think when we're talking more, into our businesses, it is allowing ourselves a space for that and a safe space, and then moving on and going on to the moving about your day as though that's not happened. And I, I have friends say, "Well, how do you show up and give a presentation if you know your your my dog went missing? My dogs are my my other babies, and they went missing right before I was about to give a presentation. My husband called me. I'm out of work thing, and he's like." do you have the dogs? And I said, no, I'm at a work function. He's all there missing. They've been missing for hours. And I mean, I'm kind of theatrical. So for me, the show must go on. And so I put the, my dogs missing the back of my head and I went on and I gave one of the best, you know, pitches and performances that I have. But I think for me, it is about separating and realize there's a space for both in your head. Yeah, no, that's really wise. And, uh, and I think that, you know what, what I try to, to get people really um, oriented around is 
the idea that, and you just said it, and I think it would be really irresponsible to communicate a message to everybody watching and listening to us that you can have the perfect day. I think the more that you think about being a high performer and the more that you think about what is your why behind becoming a high performer and what are you actually trying to do, the bigger the goal and the bigger the dreams, the bigger the vision, the more likely you are to have setbacks and failure at sometimes at scale. I was sitting uh, two nights ago in Nashville with a guy named Mac Anderson. He founded the company Successories about 35 years ago. And it was the first, how do we combine a success quote with a picture kind of idea of business? And he ended up selling that and uh, and then started a company called Simple Truths, which was a publishing company. And he ended up selling that. And then he started a company called Inspire Kindness. And he ended up selling that. And way before all those, he started a travel agency and ended up selling that. And so I was having dinner with him and I asked him, I said, um, tell me about any of your near fatal experiences in business. And I always like to learn from others that have been there. You know, Mac is 76, 77 years old. He's in great shape. And and I asked him and he said, uh, he said, probably the, the, the biggest near death experience is we lost $3 million in a quarter because we couldn't produce the catalogs that drove sales for the airline magazines. And I didn't have any money to put into the company. So he was $3 million underwater and the company could not ship without money. And he looked at it. He said, I can either die or I can figure out who I know that can jump in and be part of the solution. And it ends up, he finds somebody whose last name is Lamar, and I'll just leave the rest of it up to your, uh, uh, up to your imagination. And the Lamar gentleman gave him $3 million to pay off the bank. The bank reopened his credit line, but he said, we were five days away from going out of business. And that's just like, and, and now, you know, he sold the company and millions and millions of people are, blessed because of that. Near-death experiences make us better. We've all had them. And my point is, if you're, you're in an organization that's global, um, you're in the top 10 in terms of ownership, leadership of business units. Um, there's over 500,000 people at Monet that actually try to use the health and wellness solutions that Monet produces to not only build income streams, but help others build income streams. And so you're in like this rarefied air. I mean, and, and, and you're young and I see you on social, you're active, you, you bring positivity, you're, you're just, all of it is so good. And tell everybody a little bit about just like, what is Monate and how big is your organization? Monate is a anti-aging based beauty company. We sell hair, skin, and wellness products. And they're award the company is award-winning and so are our products. And being a hairstylist background, I've never seen topical products do what money products can do for the hair and the skin that are harsh chemical free. So you know as the world is turning towards safer options, cleaner options, like money has pioneered the way of um, safe products with in, with ethical, ethically sourced like ingredients. It's really like a little mom paw shop, but a billion dollar company. <laughs> so it's really cool. Um, and they also collect distributors and multi-level marketing. So 
for me to be able to not only get to sell the products, it's such a dream to be able to get to teach other people how to sell the products too. Um, so that's money, like in a nutshell. I mean, the leadership in the company from a corporate standpoint is phenomenal. And I've never had anything like that. And I've been a, a, a top salesperson, if you will, for other companies in my in my career. I was a product educator for a long time as a stylist with other brands and just never got treated like money does. So they're top-notch people, amazing relationships. And um, so my organization is, I was fortunate enough to just recruit incredible recruiters. And so our organization is probably close to 30,000 people. We're not, we're not one of the biggest, like for where I'm at in my, but we're my, we're very, very mighty. And it's a very well-educated, well-oiled machine. That's what I like to say. <laughs> very mighty, well-oiled machine. Yes. Um, we're we're going to keep going, but um, just for a moment, tell everybody how they can connect with you on social and uh, just begin to follow you because you're, you're just brilliant. It's so attractive oh. to watch what you do. Oh, what's your, you. what's your, Instagram. My Instagram is the longest Instagram handle in the world ever. It's my full name, Christina, C-H, and then A, Smallwood. So Christina A, Smallwood. And it's so long. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do more to make sure everybody knows how to connect to you. So let's, let's, um, let's kind of move into your daily uh, routine, even though you're not a routine person. You do do stuff every single day to move your business forward by adding value to others. Can you walk us through um, what does a day in the life of Christina Smallwood look like? It's funny because I'm I'm awful with, with routine, but I'm great with systems. And I think if you can implement systems and you just know, okay, if I'm doing this, you have like a little protocol. And then no matter what you're doing with your actual routine for the day, when you start a system, you can complete it. And that will be super productive for when you do do it. But for me, I have really taken to the whole thing where you keep your phone downstairs on the charger. And honestly, wait, I do wake up with an amazing mindset. I don't let the world in right when I wake up. Our daughter, the, our oldest with special needs, she does sleep with us. So I will usually take her to the, you know, do her things. And then we go downstairs and the kids eat breakfast and I check in with my team. That's the first thing I do um, before anything else is I wake up my team chats and I say, hey, good morning, everyone. Like we're, we're doing this today. Um, maybe drop like a little tidbit. Maybe if Todd posts something positive on his Instagram from the day before, I'll drop it in that chat. And um, then we just get going. I start getting back to customers. I And it's all really social media based. So for me, that goes with me to the school drop off. That goes with me to daycare drop off. Um, and then I come back in and it, every day is a little different. But for the most part, I sit in here in my actual office, even though, you know, the perk of my industry is that we can work anywhere. I do like to be working behind my desk. And it's just a different tasks for the day. I have a couple and then Pretty much I'm free to roam about <laughs> with whatever I want to do. But I am very diligent in the time that I schedule for myself to work. And um, I am i don't treat it like a side hustle because obviously it's a very large organization. And so I think that's where our industry gets that rap is when people keep keep calling it that. And it very much has been the breadwinning you know, company or business for us in our in our home. Yeah. Um. I, uh, I I love the idea that um, you 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 really you really downplay and kind of simplify the idea that you've run 
uh, you know, a, a company with 30,000 people. The fact that you're the quote CEO of a business with 30,000 people, employees, customers, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you're like, you're in your late thirties, right? I am my late thirties. I always tell people it's kind of like, they're like, well, how do you keep track of everything? And I'm like, well, everything has a category and I know what that category needs. And so my system of how I do set up my, my communication, that's always like the biggest issue. How do we talk to people? I'm like, it's like kind of like waiting on tables. You know what that table needs? You know what that table needs? And it gets easier in your head when you can kind of make sense of it. So that, but that's why to me, it's simple, but. <laughs> uh, no, but, but I think, you know, anybody watching this, if you're in sales, if you're in leadership, if you're in, in business, you know, it, it is about your kind of your, your systems. You know, I know that. Uh, Christina, you, you're familiar with my good friend, John Maxwell, and John and I do a lot of work for Monate, and it's fun to to have a good friend that uh, is, is a John Maxwell that I get to continue to bounce things off of and 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 talk through. And, and one of the things that John says all the time is your systems are your freeway to success. And I think it's interesting that you, uh, Christina, differentiated between routine and systems. I think most people like at face value would say, isn't a routine a system? It's not. You can have a routine without a system and not be anywhere near as productive as a system that allows whatever routine you want to put into it, get put into it. So what are your great learning experiences, you know, being uh, being where you are, 30,000 people, you, you know, mid to mid, late 30s, and you're you have so much ahead of you. What are the two or three great learning experiences at your level that you can share with anybody that wants to scale, no matter what business they're in? They can be in direct selling, they can be in retail, they can be, you know, in wholesale, they can be uh, uh, insurance, wealth management, whatever. But what are the best learning experiences you've ever had? One of them happens to be a John Maxwell experience as you bring him up. Um, I think for a lot of people in whatever industry they're in, I have a girlfriend that did, that did corporate sales for FedEx, like the multi-million dollar. She, she and I, I never understood the sales aspect until obviously I got better at doing sales and I learned that, that skill set. Um, but in this industry and even in hers and anything you sell, you can get to a point where you do feel stuck or stagnant with your relationships. And I'll never forget hearing John Maxwell share. And if your focus is always on helping others improve, you will never be stuck. And at that point in my business, I, I was, my, my, my numbers weren't, my personal business was not moving. And I heard that and I thought, okay, I do have people, let's try to improve the value in their life and improve their growth. And lo and behold, that is the complete mindset shift that changed the trajectory of my business from stuck at a the third rank from the top, if you if you will, to a top 10 income earner and number seven in the company. And I realize anyone that is partnered with you already, you can improve, you can help improve them. And if you just gather the right questions to ask people, and I am fortunate to have been mentored by Todd as well, and learning those principles, game changing for fine tuning all those systems that we have. And so, I mean, I just want to say thank you, Todd, because... All of your principles truly helped my entire mindset of my business shift and led to where I am today. 
That's awesome. I um, There's nothing more important to hear that uh, God gave me an opportunity to be in the right place at the right time to have you impacted by some of the stuff we talk about. Um, I remember being on stage at um, the Monate annual event in 2017 in DC, I believe. And, um, and, and John was on stage uh, after I had already spoken. And I remember towards the end of my presentation, you had, I think, 6,000 people, uh, you know, all part of the Monet business in their live. And, uh, and I said towards the end of my speech, I said, you know, the key to business is to simply answer a question every single day when you're interacting with someone. And the question I gave everybody, which you remind me of today, when you said you, John's idea is you, you never, ever will not be needed and wanted if you're helping people you know, win. And so that question every day is like when I'm interacting with somebody and like if you and I, uh, Christina, were having a conversation, I had even texted you in a private chat you know, a year ago. I said, how can I help you and your team win? And we've come up with some ideas that we're going to do together. But think about the power of that if you're watching this. Most people think about an interaction with a, quote, prospect as getting something yeah. and, and obviously getting a sale and, and whatever monetary comes along with that, getting. What I've found out is it's the exact opposite. If you want to get more, you stop focusing on getting and you start focusing on giving. And the best place to give is to ask the question, how can I help you win today? And, you know, you can formulate thoughts around great questions. Like, what are you most passionate about? And let them answer it. And then I can say, so on a scale of one to 10, how good are you doing in that area? And if they say a seven, I've got three points to help them build their passion index, right? What can we do between now and next month to have those three things dealt with and taken care of? People need to understand, and, and certainly, Christina, you do understand this. The, the idea of selling more does not happen by talking more. The idea of selling more happens when you talk less and you listen more. So I would encourage you, and, and Christina, I know you have a bank of your own questions. I would just encourage everybody watching to come up with your five, you know, aces up the sleeve, just game-changing questions, just questions that are not about manipulation. They're not about trying to trap somebody into answering a question the way you want it to be answered. It is truly the the empathic move, the the empathy move, the human connection move. And if you help people transform at the heart, which I think Monet is the is the type of business that does that, right? If if you feel better about you because of the products and the personal wellness and this and that and the other thing, your self-esteem goes up. The company helps people achieve a higher level of self-esteem because they feel better about how how they look and how they feel. And there's no better feeling than to approach a conversation knowing that you're not there to get anything. You're there to find out how you can help and how you can help people win. And so it's so powerful. You do that. Um, you do that all the time. And your social, many of your social posts ask a question at the very end. And it's always powerful. So what have, what have you learned in the last I don't know, a year about, from a leadership standpoint, the power of questions and what are you doing for your team to help equip them? I think that to tie in, you know, what we discussed earlier about like when you were sharing that about your son, when we have this idea in our head that like, this is what we love to do every single day. Um, it's, it's very different for a lot of people than if you were to say, well, write down your dream life. Like if you could go live 30 days in your dream life, what does that look like? A lot of people would say very, very different things from their dream life that they live every single day. 
And for me, what I've what I've honestly discovered in this kind of metamorphosis into the my leadership and me as a business owner and me as a serious business owner, when you were saying all that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this really is all true. This is kind of crazy that it's me. Um, I am literally living my dream life by getting to help people every single day. And I truly mean that in every sense of the word. And I would say, you know, if you met me 15 years ago, selfish, ego, you know, immature, like I couldn't, I couldn't think to, to know what questions to ask people. All of it has been completely a metamorphosis and a learning experience. And you can learn these skill set. My husband's a very amazing salesman. And he laughed at me when I told him I was going into sales. <laughs> He's like, you can't even call and make a doctor's appointment at the doctor. Like you're going to. And so for, I was talking with him this morning and he said, I'm just so, I'm so proud of how well you're able to communicate with people now and how well you're able to have understand what people need and know the questions to lead people to what they need. And so I think when you understand the big picture of your organization and your heart really is in the right place, those questions do begin to come to you naturally on, okay, how can I help this person understand the big picture? How can I help this person understand the next step they need to do? How can I tie those things together? And, um, and help them see that, that it's easier than all this noise that they're going to hear. And they're going to feel these fears and they're going to fear, the, you know, these doubts. How can I help them come above that and truly hold their hand and, and let them know they're not going to be alone. They have it through there. And so I don't know if that really answers your question. But for me, I think it's really, truly caring about my people and wanting to see them there. So a question to me is not. An, a nuisance or a weight or anything to me it is oh they're stepping in the right direction and let me help i usually answer questions with questions <laughs> so um, drives them I, I do too i uh, i texted my my wife on our first date um and said i was looking forward to seeing her and meeting her and the text i got back was um do you kiss on the first date and I thought that was very interesting and so i i i, I didn't want to answer it so i just simply replied do you <laughs> I answered your question with a question. And then she was very creative. She said, only if I want there to be a second date. Oh. <laughs> it was just like question, question, question. The one thing she said about our first date was, and I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back. I just truly believe it. Um, we played a game. Um, for every question we asked and answered, we got something to eat off this like incredible tray of different things and chocolates and fruits and stuff like that. But it was all kind of, you know, just what's important and what do you value? And, you know, how just, just the, the whole idea that relationship matters, you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel you have to do anything. It's just like, if I truly want to connect with you, it's like that uh, irrefutable principle number three, emotional connection yes. deepens trust and accelerates relationship. And that's so powerful. So we, we've been going for about 40 minutes. It feels like it's only been 10. I could go for another yeah. day, <laughs> day interviewing and talking with you. But I wrote down something here that that um, I, th I think would be interesting to get your, your thought on. When you have a business that is so dialed in like yours and you are at the top of your game, do you have to keep thinking about where you want to take it? Or do you think it just naturally begins to morph because you have buy-in engagement and momentum? What are your thoughts on that question? 
I do have to think about where I want to take it um, because everything has to continue to evolve. So the same systems that I have right now will be even more improved in probably by quarter three of the year. And so for me, it's just always, always thinking about forward growth. And um, I know we're well oiled right now. But things can change. People can change. Um, the the bigger we grow, the more systems that need to come into place. And so I do I do always think about it. But my husband will say I'm very robotic about my business. <laughs> He's like, you're just like you're in the zone. You know, it wakes up. He sees me, you know, with my phone. And so um, kind of both. But I am always thinking about expanding. What else can we do? How can we help more people? How can we? Sh- Communication is the hardest thing, especially with the Instagram algorithms always changing. And it's so it's how can we continue to broaden our reach and, and our streamline our communication with people and touch people. So that's that's the thing that's always going to have to be growing and staying up with the most current trends and all that kind of stuff. Well, closing questions. Um, and they're they're not uh, they're not trick questions by any no any any stretch of the imagination, um, but I just kind of ask them and then and then see what your response is. Um, what is your why? My why is freedom and choices for my family, mm-hmm. and for my daughter to literally never have to want for anything, mm-hmm. and um, to have round the clock care for her. Um, always so beautiful um if you if you could have a do-over what would be the biggest do-over you would like oh i would there are some it's hard because i think the things that i completely screwed up were those moments that brought me to this place right here um but you know i think my do-overs would have to do more with mom life than business (laughs) Mm-hmm. and wife life. <laughs> so I, I will say no, I will say I will choose those mistakes because the lessons I've learned and the perspective they've given me have been invaluable. You, what you just said is the reason why you are at the top of your game. Because, you know, um, do-overs are an interesting thing. I wish I had blah, 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 right? And Deb and I talk all the time about what is your decision-making filter? And, you know, we've had to make some very tough decisions in, in our marriage with regard to, to my boys who lost their biological mom. And uh, and they, they haven't been easy, but the choices are preceded. The decisions are preceded about looking at what we have to do and then kind of fast-forwarding and what would be the right thing to do so we could answer, I'm glad we did yeah. instead of I wish we had. Mm-hmm. and I think that that's decision-making. You know, we, if you really think about it, one of the keys to being successful is to at least have the wisdom and discernment and then maybe be surrounded by a good tribe of people that can help you make wise choices. It's amazing how much time in business we end up really kind of wasting because we have to spend time undoing a bad decision. It doesn't mean that we're always never going to make bad decisions, but what Christina just said and, and what every person that I've ever studied in terms of success says is the setbacks are setups for comebacks and you can lose everything. You can make a horrible business decision. I've made a couple. Um, They were near fatal. Um, I made a, I made a seven figure mistake that, you know, would you like a do over on that? 
and I, I really don't want to do over on it. It would be nice to have not had that. But as a result, as a result, the system that's now put in place will eliminate that from ever happening. And that's a positive thing. And so I, I would like to, you know, as we as we begin to move to the finish line here, I'd like for all of you to really be thinking about, are you looking at the speed bumps? Are you looking at the the walls and the hurdles? And and are you even looking back at uh, a decision you you wish you maybe had done differently or made differently? And can you be positive about that? Can you be positive about, isn't it great news that for the next 30 years, because of that one bad choice, I'm not going to make that mistake again? And that's the health of failure. We tell people all the time that, you know, principle number two is, is success can only be built on failure. And if you're not failing enough, you're probably not trying hard enough or you're probably staying safe. And that's not going to get you to where your potential is, where God wants you to be. And uh, it's just like, but let's try to master the art of not making poor decisions. And if we do, let's use them as big, big, big teachers. So I'm going to give you a minute to just speak from your heart and tell everybody what you hope they heard and understood in our 45 minutes together. And then we'll we'll take it to the finish line. I honestly hope you guys understand that no matter where you're at, what you're facing right now, it may not be ideal to you. But just like Todd, literally, I use one of those principles that you've mentioned almost every single day. And anytime someone around me has something where like, oh, that I'm so embarrassed. That was the biggest screw up. Or I can't believe I did that. And I'm like, Look, it's a learning lesson. Now we know we're not going to do that in everything. And there's always another chance. There really is. You can't, nothing's too great to not come back from. So my hope is that you realize no matter where you're at, as long as you're willing to own up to mistakes and go from mistakes, you're going to get somewhere is, and have that positive mindset because there's always going to be negatives. Those are like inevitable. So have the positive mindset and understand that. I mean, you guys, if I can become a very successful person, it can be learned. And so furthering your education as well, it's super, super valuable. And you're already listening to like an amazing podcast, an amazing man. So you're in the right spot and just keep going and know that every single day you have a chance to do it again. And it, and almost like every single like moment in the day, because yeah. remember the bad days, they will, the bad moments will come, but it's not a bad day. Yeah. You know, I was just reminded and it's, uh, again, these are totally organic. I was on a podcast yesterday and uh, the gal that was interviewing me asked a question about um, this idea of, of the perspective of failure and um, the idea that, uh, people run away from it. And I said, I said, you know, the, the mindset is it has to be not, can I get through failure? The mindset has to be, what does failure teach me? Mm -hmm. And your job as a leader, if you have a team of five or a team of 50,000, your job as a leader is to have everybody on your team inspired by failure. And it's so counterintuitive. And yet we look at all the, the great, you know, you, you look at Elon Musk, you know, second richest person in the world and like him or not like him, he has so many failures. It's unbelievable. I mean, he was seven days short of uh, seven days away from shutting Tesla down 
six years ago. I mean, that's how close fatal mistakes can happen. And and he did what he had to do to keep the company going. And he's had so many failed rocket experiments. And yet he's got the, the patent on returning rockets safely back to Earth, which is a new idea because they used to just fall into the ocean and burn up. And we look at Edison from, you know, mid-century, uh, last century, and the fact that uh, his entire factory burned down and he was asked a question, how does it feel to have your entire factory burned to the ground? And his response was, talk about mindset, Christina, his response was, the best thing about that fire is it burned up all my mistakes. Mm. And that's perspective, right? And 90 days later, he invented the phonograph that if he didn't do that, there would be no such thing as iTunes, Spotify, or any of this technology we're using today in terms of recasting. So you have done an amazing job, my dear. Uh, and I knew it before we started. And now I'm affirmed of it as we end that this is this is worth watching, listening, and sharing with your entire community. Please share this and share it with your teams. If you're a leader, share it with your company. If you're a sales professional, share it with the rest of your team. If you're a husband, a wife, a partner, share it with your husband, wife, partner. I mean, this is beautiful to listen to a story of, of love and life and challenges and adversity, but on the other side of all of that, is greatness. And you demonstrated that today. So Christina A. Smallwood, that is your handle, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks wow. for being part of, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I just wanted to say thank you so much. It's oh, yeah. wonderful getting to be a part of this. And I honestly, I mean, there's so much more that I could say, but I'll say it on my Instagram. <laughs> uh, well, let's do that. And uh, let's have an encore presentation in a month or so. We'll catch back up again. And uh, just if you missed it during the podcast, look at the beautiful phrase above Christina's right shoulder, uh, your left as you look at it, where the magic happens. Where the magic happens. The magic happens when you pursue your greatness. And we're just grateful we get to be part of this. And so hopefully you've enjoyed this. Uh, continue to subscribe and share and and uh, alarm those choices. And uh, we're going to help you be successful every day. And Christina, I appreciate you. love you. And can't wait to connect again. Can't wait. Thank you. See ya.